Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where ministers get together to discuss everyday ministry. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James White, the pastor at Lighthouse Ginormous Town of Vernon, Alabama, and I'm sitting here with the guys. This is uh, Jamie Owen, church member at Lighthouse Community Church. And I'm Chris Norsworthy at Reformation Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, Chris... How's everything going? Everything's going good. Everything's pretty cool at church. Uh, just started teaching a new class uh, this past week on Sola Scriptura, which will be relevant to this episode, I think. Just and, a tad bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a, a new person visit. Uh, we've got well, a couple new people visiting our church, so um, that's exciting. So um, yeah. on the, the <laughs> which you know with a church our size, two people, it's it's like oh, we grew by fifteen percent. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not that well, big. Maybe not that big, but still, you know. If two people came to our church, we would have grown like fifteen yeah, percent. So least. I can say that <laughs> with confidence. I see that you're in your daughter's pink room again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. It gives me uh, uh, motivation to be in here, and it livens my mood. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Better how, than how that you, pitch black room you used last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I keep my tarantula, so I have to keep it dark. <laughs> Tarantula? Uh-huh. I have a pet tarantula. Oh, that's a different conversation for a different day. Yeah, we'll there. come back to that one. Oh, man. Ain't no way. Anyway, go. How are you How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, we're still waiting on a baby. I know we've been talking about this for a few weeks now. but for like five we're, uh, years. Yeah. Uh, we're at 38 weeks, so it shouldn't be too much longer. I believe my wife has a doctor's visit Thursday, and then we'll discuss what we're going to do possibly scheduled to induce so uh maybe the next time we have our podcast posted when this one's posted uh we might be uh we might have our baby girl home so we'll see but everything's going well for us i uh everything's going good my way i am not pregnant but i am the size of a pregnant you look like it i know right um (laughs) me and my wife went on a walk this evening and she's pregnant and my dog yeah (laughs) Uh, and my wife's pregnant, and I think she's still in better shape than I am. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Everything's going good on my end. Looking forward to sorting school next week. Um, actually, I'm to be sorting school um, two weeks before this one drops. So, I'm going to start Greek this semester. So, Ooh. excited as of right now. Talk to me in about six weeks, and <laughs> I might be regretting that mindset. But excited to get on the subject we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so we're about to start our first podcast in a new series going through Donald Whitney's book on the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. And each of these episodes will premiere on the first Monday of every month. 
So we'll be going through them for a few months. And a couple of the topics are Bible intake, prayer, fasting, evangelism, and, and things like that. First one that we're going to be doing today is first chapter of that book. We'll be kind of following it, but not 100%. Today we'll be talking about Bible intake. All right, so as we're addressing the Bible intake, we're actually going to be looking at a few different aspects of it. The first one is kind of a corporate Bible intake, so the reading of God's Word and the preaching of God's Word, and then get a little more personal in, ask, in looking at the idea of reading God's Word and then even going a step farther in studying God's Word as an individual. And then one thing we're also going to add to this new series is we want to leave the listeners with a challenge, and it's going to be a challenge that we too are going to take on and that challenge we're going to commit to doing over the next month. And hopefully whenever we gather for the next recording, we can brag about how good we did with the challenge. Even though some people that are, you know, I'm not going to point names, but maybe the, the church member is probably not going to do as good of a job. No, I'm playing. Um, if all it be me is the pastor over here. I'll give you all the challenge and then like fill it half of it or something. Um, well, I mean, you're going to be learning Greek, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse at church. Um, it don't work well, though. But I'm excited about this series we're starting because I remember back when I started my bachelor's program. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of different. I would, At that point, I'd been in ministry for about a year and started my degree process. And I took uh, a spiritual formation class. And then I also took a hermeneutics class the same mm. semester. And what I realized was nobody ever taught me how to read the Bible. Mm. And that was a scary thing, realizing that I had already done youth ministry for a year, teaching kids 52 weeks out of that year, <laughs> not knowing how to read or study the Bible. And so I look back on this book, and this book has been trans it just really transformative for me. It tra you know, just helped me grow in my understanding of spiritual disciplines and really excited about starting this series. So um, I really wanted to begin about kind of just giving an introduction, a quote from Donald Whitney's book when talking about Bible intake. And he says this, it's no, no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's Word. Nothing can substitute for it. There simply is no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of milk and meat of Scripture. The reason for this are obvious. In the Bible, God tells us about himself and especially about Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God. The Bible unfolds the law of God to us and shows us how we have broken it. There we, we learn how Christ died as sinless, willing substitute for breakers of God's law and how we must repent and believe in him to be right with God. In the Bible, we learn the ways and will of the Lord. We find the scripture of how God wants us to live and what brings the most joy and satisfaction in life. Then later on, about two pages later, he says, Bible intake is not only the most important spiritual discipline, but it is also the most broad. It actually consists of several sub-disciplines, and uh, it's much like a university comprised of many colleges, each specializing in a different discipline, yet all united under the same general name of the university. Now, the reason why I want to name these quotes is because I agree completely with him. I know we shouldn't separate spiritual disciplines because they're all important, right? You know, prayer and reading God's word and fasting and all of these things are important, but I agree with him that the reading of God's word is the most important um, because it is how we learn about God. It is how we understand more about who he is well and it's god speaking to us yeah 
So if I've heard this before, and I would say that we need to do both, but if you would rather, would you rather speak to God or God speak to you? And always the best thing is for God to speak to you. And right. reading the word is how God speaks to us. He doesn't speak to us in an audible voice as he might have in, in ancient times. As we see in the scriptures, he speaks many times in voices to his people, the Israelites, especially in the Old Testament. But now he speaks to us through his scriptures, through the, the, the Bible that we know, the 66 books that we know as Holy Scripture. Yeah, I agree. And that's why whenever you look at something like the Baptist Faith and Message or um, you know, the London Baptist Confession or the Westminster Confession of Faith, anything like that, they start off with talking about scriptures. And whenever, like I'm teaching a class on the five solas right now, and I started off with sola scriptura because everything points back to scripture. What we believe and how we practice our faith for us today, all it's all found in the Bible. Yeah. It's been given to us. It is God's God, God breathed word. That is what we look to to learn from. So I think that that's a great starting point. Like you said, we could talk about any spiritual disciplines as being over the other or whatever. And you know, maybe it's in one sense, do we want to balance them out or not? But in the other sense we don't know how to practice the other ones without this mm -hmm. one. So this is the, the life and the foundation of those other practices. No doubt. Especially, I mean, you think about even the mystery of prayer, uh, and definitely when you get to something as confusing as fasting or any of those things there, if you don't have God's word as your basis, mm -hmm. then what are you, how are you practicing it? Mm -hmm. I mean, cause I mean, almost every religion that I've ever heard of has a practice of prayer. Mm -hmm. And so, if we don't go to God's word as our basis of that, then we could be practicing in such a way that God would hate or God would dislike, you know? So yeah. uh, I agree. I mean, even, you know, you make that point, but even most systematic theologies or biblical theologies, most of them even start with God's word before they get mm -hmm. into anything else, because mm -hmm. that's how we know who God is. I mean, and so we have to start there. And that's why I appreciate his format here. And as we get into it, we're also going to see that he almost begins as a, a most impersonable way of in taking God's word, like the corporate formation, the corporate gathering of the reading and the preaching of God's word, and then moves it even farther into the personal life mm -hmm. of the individual. And I appreciate that as well, because I think that naturally that's how it would begin in a believer's life. I agree. Yeah. And that's. So for the first point we were talking about tonight is hearing God's word. And we had discussed before the podcast if we wanted to start with this or not. And that, and I agree with what you just said. One reason that we should start with it as a topic, and I think possibly one reason he started with it, is because that is the way most people will take it in first. You hear it pro proclaimed, either as a child or as an adult, if someone's proclaiming the gospel or if you visit a church or maybe you've been your whole childhood in the church, you're hearing hearing it said way before you're ever reading it yeah. for the majority of people. Well, even salvation starts there. I mean, you, right. as you teach in all Sola Scriptura, you know, I, I personally think of the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, we see that he's 
by the wagon or whatever you want to call the chariot. And he's reading God's word. And the scripture tells us there, he, he even says, you know, how am I to understand this unless someone teaches me? Mm-hmm. And then after that, after the preaching of God's word, he comes to Christ in salvation, mm-hmm. baptized, and, and then can move forward in it. So it has to start there. It has to start yeah. with a, a, a preaching of God's word. Yeah, and of course, there's, there's no salvation outside of God's word. Uh, because I know many people who would probably agree with it or would, would disagree with this idea, but uh, because there are many people that have more of a liberal interpretation of Scripture, but uh, Jesus is the only way, and the only way for us to know who Jesus is and what He has done, what He has accomplished, is through the Word of God. And so there's no salvation apart from Scripture in, in some form or some manner. It has to come from Holy Scripture. Obviously, this would be a different conversation, yeah. a different podcast. But you know that is the difference between special revelation and general revelation. Mm-hmm. That one can see who God is by the creation, but can only understand who Christ is by the Word of God being yeah. presented. Yeah, I mean, I, in you know, for those of you who listen to the, the briefing with Albert Moeller, which is a podcast yeah. that we mention here often, you should. Yeah. If you don't spoke- listen to that, you should stop this one. <laughs> And go okay. ahead, listen are, to it, and are then you, come back to ours. Are you even a Christian if you do not listen to the briefing? <laughs> he was speaking of a popular minister who was saying yeah. that Christian Christianity can can unhitch themselves from the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and even in a lot of ways from the Bible itself, and even kind of wanting to boil Christianity just down to the re- the resurrection of Christ, saying like, I don't care if. It doesn't matter if somebody can't, you know, if he was virgin born or whatever, what, what impresses me the most is that he rose from the dead, like that kind of thing. And the whole point is with anybody and not saying that that guy is obviously conservative in a lot of ways. And he comes from a very conservative uh, background, but he's at least in this kind of stuff, he's very liberal. But if you throw away scripture in any amount how how do you know that Christ rose from the dead, or how do you know Christ was even prophesied to come? Like any of these things that are the foundations of our doctrine, you can't take away. Like once you start to chip away at Scripture and its authority, then you're chipping away at the whole thing. Not you can't just take one bit out of it because eventually, you know, it's a whole slippery slope argument. But it's true you're going to start to chip away at everything. Well, you know, in the Southern Baptist life, we definitely see that with the conservative resurgence that happened, I guess it was a decade or two ago. And, you know, talking about the briefing, Al Mohler, he, he addresses that plenty of times in his recordings. And, you know, he was one of the ones that was spearheading coming back to a biblical understanding of Scripture in mm-hmm. the inherency of scripture and the importance of scripture and taking it for what it is. So many people out there nowadays are taking God's word as something that kind of involves over evolves over time into mm-hmm. whatever the culture desires for it to be. But in all reality, we know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So as we jump into the conversation, I think this has been a good introduction of everything that we're going to be talking about. So let's look at the, the hearing of God's word in two aspects, the public reading of God's word and then the explanation of God's word through preaching. Uh, like our church, I think, I think your church would be the same. Uh, we generally have a call to worship or a time in the worship service itself that's generally through song or giving or 
prayer. We have a time where we read uh, a, a certain passage yeah. of scripture. And I got to just say, the guy who does the exposition on that is really good. I know. He's so good that he don't pick his scripture out to the morning of. <laughs> um, morning before. The morning before. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we start off with something of that nature, trying to draw the the individuals or the church members into what we're doing in this gathering. And that is coming together to worship God um, through the song and through the preaching, through prayer, through the word. And so let's kind of look at in two sides of that. The, the, the why is it so important that we reach scripture in our worship gatherings? Well, I'd say that, that we have to begin with a focus on scripture, even in our worship gatherings. The only way we can worship God, the only way truly worship God, as he desires, and the only way our hearts can be transformed in a manner to bring us into a focus of worshiping him is through his word, as we've spoken about a couple times in this podcast, is that we do not understand God outside of his revealed word, and I believe that when we come into a worship gathering, that is the foundation of how we know how to worship him and who we are worshiping. Yeah, we see that in Scripture as just a a habit and a command. Um, for example, First Timothy four thirteen, Paul says, "Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching." So, I think that it, we see that the importance all the way back to literally inside of the New Testament, where there was an emphasis put on public reading of Scripture as well as the teaching of Scripture. Well, I think it would even, I believe it's, I could be wrong on my reference here, but I believe in Nehemiah, we also see that many of the the worship gatherings themselves would just be opening up the scrolls and reading God's Word before all the people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, obviously there's a different connotation to it now than then, you know, um, in that day and time, that's the only form of God's Word they would have. Because individuals, unless they were extremely wealthy, they couldn't just go home and open up their Bible and read it. But what we do is that that central focus on God's Word being at the center of what we do in our worship services. Um, And you know, while you were mentioning Nehemiah and Ezra reading the Word, I think even, you know, that's just a a beautiful picture of how reading the Word can uh, transform a assembly of people. If you go back and you read Nehemiah and Ezra and, and that whole, whenever they came back from the exile and we see the law being preached or the law being um, taught to the people is we see a wonderful picture of the transformative nature of the pure word of God. All right. So we can all agree that the reading of God's word, almost even separate from the the reading of whatever scripture is being preached that day is an important aspect of the individual's life and kind of centering their life around that. It's an example to them in their everyday life. But what about the actual exhortation, the preaching of the word, the explanation of the word in our gatherings? Why is that so important for us to have an intake in our life of, of God's word in that format. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I would say again, with the first, as well as with the first version where we were just say just, but we're reading scripture only and allowing it to speak for itself. Whenever we preach as we do at our church, we preach through verse by verse. Essentially we're trusting in God's word. We're trusting in his spirit 
because it is his spirit who gave us these words and it is his spirit that lives within us. We believe that there is the power of God in his word. But we also believe that God gave us the roles of teachers in the church and he gave us those roles because he wants us to teach. Right. Um, So we help each other uh, in exhortation and understanding um, and it's a, it is a form of discipleship. The pastor getting up at the pulpit and preaching to his flock is discipleship. Yeah. It's definitely the broadest form of discipleship. Mm-hmm. I think we right. all agree that it has to go deeper than that, but it right. can't. Yeah, yeah. But Sorry, you can't skip not... over it. You can't skip over that, though. Right, right, right. Because I listen to several podcasts, and they make that point: is you know, I've actually heard people say that the preaching of God's word isn't discipleship, but I, I have just have to disagree because I think it is the force first form of discipleship and yeah. that you try or we're intentional in moving people from that into a deeper relationship with Christ through small groups and then even mm-hmm. challenge them to read God's word individually and studying God's word. Um, and we're, our church, we do the same thing. Um, we uh, preach through books verse by verse um, <laughs> other than when I do Psalms, sometimes I just pick a whole Psalm and address mm-hmm. whatever portion of it. But generally we preach verse by verse and, um, one thing that I just really enjoy about that, and it's kind of a challenge I want to just provide anybody that practices that at their church. If it's pastors on and challenge you to present this challenge to your people, um, that I may fail at doing this sometimes. But and also, if you're church members, I want to challenge you to do this, that one of the beautiful things about preaching verse by verse is that you know exactly what's coming up the next week. Um, you may not know exactly where the pastor is going to stop or what portion of the scripture is going to stop at, but generally you know where that pastor is going to be picking mm-hmm. up from because uh, most people that preach verse by verse, they're going to pick up wherever they left off, left off the week before. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the opportunity to be reading that throughout the week so that you can prepare your heart in such a way that you can not only receive God's word in that specific context, but you can also I don't know. I I think it would be encouraging to me that if I preached a text and then I had a church member come up to me afterwards and says, you know, one thing that I realized when I read this this week is that so-and-so or this or that is going on. And, you know, Pastor, why why didn't you address this aspect of that? And I think that would be an encouraging thing. And if you're reading through the scripture with the pastor as he's preparing to teach a week, I think that's an opportunity in that. And I think that gives the individual an opportunity to grow in Christ in a different way. I think another great aspect of uh, verse by verse uh, preaching is that you cannot avoid the hard topics as a preacher. I know when you if you preach topically, obviously you can avoid tithing, which can be a difficult topic to bring up depending on on your congregation or uh, other aspects that are very controversial or hard to tackle in a sermon. But that that makes it where you have to attack that and you have to teach that and you have to exhort that scripture. Yeah. So I think that maybe in summary, but we could say that we read the word of God and we teach the word of God because it is the word of God (laughs) and he gave it to us in a certain way, in a certain order. And we can teach it that way and feel comfortable that even if it's something we don't fully understand or something we don't necessarily understand how it would apply to all of our members we teach it because 
we cherish it and we believe it's powerful and it's, and it's worth hearing and understanding. Exactly. Because it is, when you preach that way, it's the whole counsel of God's word. Right. In every bit of it. Um, we may have to do a conversation one day about expositional preaching verse mm -hmm. by verse. That's something I'm passionate about. So uh, I could probably talk for days on that, but I think we should move on <laughs> and kind of talk about moving, moving forward and looking at the importance of reading God's word as uh, an individual and then taking it a step farther and talking about why once you take it farther than just reading the Word of God, but also studying the Word of God and kind of what's the differences between those. So when y'all think about just reading God's Word, um, I, I really think of it as a devotional aspect more than a just a pure studying aspect, devotional, spiritual growth uh, type deal. What's your thoughts on just coming, you know, sitting down and reading God's Word? Well, I view it as probably the most important discipline that any Christian can in, incorporate into their life. Like we spoke about earlier, hearing God's Word, hearing what He has to speak is transformative. So uh, the, the way that we get there is through reading the Word. So I believe that I'm very passionate actually about this for many, many people that I have been able to speak to about how they can grow in the faith is through reading the Word. That is for me, the very foundational aspect of growing in our uh, spiritual understanding. Yeah, I, I think that reading God's Word is just in a straightforward way, again, is it's powerful in and of itself because it is God's Word. Yeah. Um, and it is, like Jamie said earlier, like, would you rather speak to, like, if you have the option, would you rather speak to God or have God speak to you? When you read God's Word, God is speaking to you. Um, and it is something that you know, we'll talk about later in another episode, probably about memorizing scripture, but Jesus knew scripture. And if we can look at him as an example, he always, you know, would, would throw out the question, well, have you not read or have, you know, have you not read this? Have you not read that? And it was always referring back to scripture. So it was, it was very important in the life of Jesus and what he taught. And the life of the, you know, all of the authors in the New Testament are constantly referring back to the Old Testament, mm -hmm. um, which means that they had read it <laughs> um, or, you know, to some degree had, had taken that in. And now we, all of us, uh, well, you know, maybe perhaps some of them were illiterate, but they, they were very well, uh, they knew the scriptures. And we, as you know, post the Gutenberg Press, have, I mean, I have like 30 Bibles or something, probably. <laughs> like the variety of Bibles that I have in my home uh, compared to anybody of any previous generation is just ridiculous. Well, we um, carry it around with us all day, too, in our pockets. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, and, you know, James is about to know Greek, so he'll be able to read it in Koine. <laughs> no, I don't know very soon. <laughs> But it, but it is, yeah, it is of utmost importance that we are reading it on our own because it is that personal connection that, that we have with the Spirit of God and what He is saying to us. So Whitney, he provides really four uh, practical advice when it comes to reading God's Word as an individual. And I kind of just wanted us to flesh these out a little bit. First one is finding time uh, mm -hmm. to read God's Word. And naturally, when I think of this, I just think of it being so important. Many people may disagree with me on this, but 
um, we have schedules for everything in our life. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, me and Jamie was actually talking about before the biggest things that help us read God's word is our consistent mm -hmm. schedule at work. And so we know what we're working. And so it's this idea of placing time to read God's word that's going to be uninterrupted. And so uh, I think that's a, an important thing to kind of note first and foremost is that, you know, when we're setting down time to read God's word as an individual, that we make time to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Because in all reality, anything in this life, unless we make time to do it and make it a priority in our life, we're not going to do it. It's kind of like these bushes in my front yard. I've been I've been trying to pull these things up for like two years now, and I've never made time to do it because I don't want to do it. You You've know been intending to do it, but you haven't been yeah. trying. <laughs> no, I haven't been trying at all, and because uh, I don't want to do it. Like I mean, really, I'll but, get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we can do the same thing with God's word. And when I was reading back through his book, you know. He made the point of, you know, so many people say that, you know, I'll get to it throughout the day. And yeah. it comes and it really gets to the end of the day and they sit down and they they read it before they go to bed. And I, I know some people can operate that way and that's perfectly fine. But generally uh, ha speaking, most people, when they read God's word before they go to bed, there's no meditation on it. There's no right. application to it. There's no extra thought to it. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a checking my box for the day yeah. and getting this getting this done with and i read my bible for the day and i don't think that's how we should approach god's word by any means mm -hmm. not saying there won't be times where and y'all i want y'all to flesh this out a little bit but i think there is times when we may find ourselves forcing ourselves to read god's word um where you may just f don't feel like it at all well that's the thing we we can't always rely on our feelings because there is times where we won't feel yeah. like doing it so in yeah. those moments we in trusting in god's grace uh sit down and force ourselves to read it because we know that that god in his faith will use that for his glory and will use that to bring us to a better understanding even even if we don't feel like it and i have many days like that and i'm sure y'all do as well many days where i sit down i'm like I really don't have time for this. I really don't feel like doing it or, uh, you know, any, any, any other type of situation where I just don't think that it's a good time. But I do believe that sitting down, being faithful, reading every day, even on the days when you do not feel like you want to, will have a fruitfulness at some point. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can really, I don't even, I probably can't think of it, but I feel like uh, anytime that I've begrudgingly sat down to do it, once I start doing it, it's not, I'm not, it's not drudgery as a, yeah. you know, as a Whitley, what Whitney would say. Uh, it, it, I enjoy it once I do it, even if it was, I had to, you know, begrudgingly sit down or, you know, that whole quote unquote, making yourself do it. You don't want to do it, whatever. Once I do do it, I love it. But that goes again with kind of like the name of this book or, you know, what we as Christians are, we are disciples and disciples has the word, you know, the same root word as discipline, right? Um, we have to discipline ourselves. If we're going to be disciples, which is what we are, we have to be disciplined. And being disciplined means making time to do the things that you actually want to do. Um, 
because there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, is a heck of a lot easier than reading, you know, Leviticus, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know you really that is what you truly want and once you do it uh, for the most part maybe not leviticus you will enjoy it once you do it pushing your way through numbers that's that's a tough one well before we move to the next one um i will you know for myself and i I think you know chris could probably relate in times that he has to teach a good bit or preach some and jamie as well whenever he does it at the church but you know, I find myself whenever I'm feeling this way, it's mainly because, you know, schoolwork, you know, I'm in school for ministry. So there's times where I have to read a lot of scripture for it. And there's times that I read scripture, for, you know, to prepare for sermons. I mean, it's like today I read um, John chapter 5, verses 18 through 30, like four or five times today. And there's many times when it gets to where I'm focusing on my own spiritual life that it's harder for me to sit down and read because I've already spent so much time in God's word for everything else in this world, but not really that time for my own spiritual life. Now I know they're going to bleed over in different areas, of course, but I think it is important that as pastors and youth pastors or whatever the case may be for the individual listening, that you do spend this time in personal reading so that you can grow in your walk with Christ as an individual, not just as a pastor or a husband or as an evangelist or whatever the case may be for you as an individual. So what's your guys' thoughts on reading plans? 90-day Bible. 90-day Bible. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I think the one-year Bible is a, is a great full well, one-year Bible. There's some that take you straight through the Bible in a, a year from Genesis to Revelation, and there's some that kind of mix it up with like an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms every day. Um I think one year Bible is a great, great plan for every person. Now, I joke about the 90 day Bible. Uh, I have read, I have done the 90 day Bible plan and it's been awesome, but it is a very um, challenging plan. But that's a great one as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down again to what I said of being disciplined. Sometimes you need things to help yourself be disciplined. I like the uh, one year Bible just as a a supplement to study. And I like the one where it's like mixed up because then it's, you know, like right now I'm, I'm going, I'm like Nehemiah and first Corinthians. And then there'll be like a Psalm and a couple of verses of proverb at the end. Um, and it's nice just to kind of have it change up and you don't, you're not losing anything really um, because you are consistently going through books it's just you're jumping back and forth a little bit. Um, so I, I like that. I, agree. I think Bible reading plans are very important because if you think of this as a spiritual discipline, think of it as any other discipline, especially like a workout regimen and things of that nature. Uh-huh. If someone is desiring to lose weight or even build muscle or become the strongest man in America or whatever the case may be, they're going to have a plan that they're going through. And I think the looking at reading plans should be the same. It's, this is helping you stay on track and reading through God's word as, instead of reading Ephesians five times and first Corinthians 11 times and, or reading through Psalms or, you know, your favorite Bible uh, book of the Bible, whatever it may be. So uh, Donald Whitney, he, um, he gives a, one more advice that I kind of just want to touch on briefly and then we'll move to the study of God's word is 
um, just finding when you read, sit down and you read God's word, um, just reading through it that uh, before you close the Bible, before you walk away, you know, find something to meditate on on that text. That way that it is uh, caught in a continual growth in you after you've closed the Bible and going on with your day that you're meditating on that. And I think we're going to talk about meditations uh, next month in more detail. So, uh, and then the last thing he addresses is just having accountability in your reading. Um, and I, I, I think accountability, I don't think we need to touch on it too much. We may address that on a uh, different episode one day, but accountability is important in every aspect of the Christian life. Uh, but especially when it comes to reading God's word, uh, I think that's beneficial for people, um, not only in everyday life, but also in reading God's word. So, all right. So the last thing that Whitney uh, addresses is the studying of God's word. That's one of y'all want to tackle the difference between reading God's word and studying God's word. Well, I think that one of the, he, he quotes Jerry Bridges in this, and he says that reading gives us breadth but study gives us depth. Um, and I think that it's one of those things where sometimes it's going to be hard to draw a hard and fast line in between the two. But again, like I was saying with the one year Bible, it's nice for me to have cause I can just, I, I I'm getting that breadth where I'm going through the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting a variety there and that kind of thing. While at the same time, I'm reading through John and I've been in John for a few months where like, I just like, I read through John just reading through it. And then there, then I'm going through a book that's going through John. So that's bringing me all throughout John and I'm, and I'm highlighting and I'm writing in my Bible and I'm, and I'm, I've got a, a notebook that, that I'm writing in when it's like bigger ideas and fit in my Bible uh, as per Jonathan Edwards miscellanies type notebook that's a whole other thing but um so like i'm you know i'm indexing what i'm where i'm writing in a book and you know all those kind of things and i'm i'm noticing words that are being used throughout the text and you know drawing lines back and forth between them and all that kind of stuff and that's getting me in depth into the major themes and to the connections and helping me understand the book as a whole rather than just a verse at a time whereas you know again the one-year bible i'm going through it just to get well i say just to get it but (laughs) in order to get a broader view and hopefully you know that that it's still teaching me and i'm still studying you know i'll write a little note here and there um but that's mostly just reading to get a broader view of scripture whereas study is more you know, getting into the minutia of it in some sense and meditating on it and all that kind of stuff. Another aspect that I think is um, neglected many times in studying the word is studying the historical aspects, which is something I really enjoy doing is um, especially um, we have a really good recorded history from David King David on uh, studying the different historical aspects of the culture in the that time, mm-hmm. the uh, different aspects of what's going on uh, in the books, First uh, uh, Samuel, Second Samuel, onward. Um, I think those will actually give us a, a really good insight in, into what's going on and in the culture, uh, as well as other aspects that I believe is neglected many times. Uh, 
obviously one of the most important things is understanding how uh, Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, uh, how Ruth, any of these other books fit into the redemptive history of God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, but also I think the historical aspects can be neglected at times. So uh, I want to reference, and I, I, if I can find it, I'm going to put it in our show notes. Um, but John Piper was asked a question of how do you find time to study God's word? Because I think it's, you know, when Chris was alluding to, you know, when you sit down and study God's word, that's not a 15, 20, 30 minute reading of different verses. That's probably more of an in-depth hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half of pouring out and pouring into and writing and highlighting and all of those things. So someone asked John Piper on the podcast, he does ask him, Pastor John, of how do you find time to do this? And he gave some advice in that that I just thought was fantastic. And I, I want to leave it with the listeners here is that if, if nothing else, find one day a week that you just spend into studying God's word in depth of, you know, that, that each day that you you're in God's word through the plan or whatever the case may be that you choose to go through. But that one day a week, set that time aside to spend hours of in God's word, studying it and pouring into it and allowing God to speak to you in such a way that it's a, it's a new reality to you in that um, and, and, you know, maybe as life changes, you might be able to do more, uh, than that or later. Um, but as life changes, you may be able to do more than one day a week, depending on what your schedule is, but start there, start with one day a week that you just spend in studying God's word in depth. Chris, um, as I give that advice, I'm just curious, do you, do you find yourself doing that kind of studying every day or, I mean, how often are you able to do that? <laughs> um, yeah, I do it as often as possible, and but at the certain at the same time, it's it's part of my morning routine, but um, I don't often get to spend like hours. So it does take me a lot longer mm-hmm. to go through something. But that's you know more of a scheduling issue and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it take like I said, it, it that's one of those things where it might have to put it on hold to the next day or whatever, or you know. I've gotten late to work, but I try to do as le- at least a little bit of that every day, but that's probably more along the lines of, of my personality of just trying to do way too much of anything and, and to do a variety of things rather than just doing one thing really well. Um, so I'm not sure I would re- recommend that necessarily. Jamie, do you have an approach to this? To studying God's word, or mainly, I try to do it along with with my daily reading, which isn't always the most fruitful because uh, I normally have a limited time. I do it in the morning before I go to work, so obviously mm-hmm. uh, there's a limited limited time schedule I have there. Uh, so I do try to do some of it concurrent with my reading, but I also do try to have times where I sit down and dig into it deeper but i wouldn't say and this is just me admitting the the truth is that i wouldn't say that i have necessarily like a once a week time where i sit down you know every now and then as i get a chance sit down and in-depth study god's word 
Yeah, that's why I appreciate it. And I, I can't say I do it completely either. Uh, but that's why I appreciated so much of his advice in that is because even when it comes to taking in God's word regularly, we're probably more prone to just do the devotional reading time through us mm-hmm. through a plan. Not that we're trying to mark off the box that God's truly speaking to us in those moments mm-hmm. rather than just going in depth because it is much different having a having a good commentary or a good book or historical references open and just pouring into God's word to where you can understand it more in depth. And so I thought that advice was good. I'm not saying I've practiced it completely in my own life, but I thought it was wonderful advice. And I've actually since then have been able to give that advice to several people one thing. So as we said earlier, one thing we want to start doing as we're doing this series is providing a challenge for the listeners. Uh, And it's going to be a challenge that we three are accepting on this episode. And as the other hosts get on here, they're going to accept it as well. And we may actually tell them what the challenge is so that they can do it as well. And then when we come back on here um, the next Monday when we record um, in October, in this case, we're going to begin by talking about kind of how we've done on the challenge. And uh, many of us may have to confess our inconsistencies, or we may confess or just talk about how how encouraging and how how well it's helped us uh, in all walk with Christ. And the challenge that we have for you all is to find a time of the day to set some time aside each day to be in God's Word. And in that, if you have not already done that, also gather and get a reading plan to go alongside you as you read that scripture. Um, And and so each day have a time set aside to read God's Word and have a reading plan that you're going to be going through so you know what you're reading each day. Um, And I want to just at this point say that if any of the listeners are having difficulty reading or finding that time or finding that encouragement, finding that accountability, first reach out to your pastor or another staff member or whoever the case might be, wherever you're at in your church. Or if you don't have someone like that, reach out to one of us. We would be delighted to help you in any way we can in that. Um, but as we come to an end on this episode about Bible intake, we're going to pick back up in the next episode and finishing up the subject, discussing a few more things. But before we get off of here, we want to give you all some plugs of the week to kind of aid you and help you in studying, studying and reading God's word. Chris, what you got for us? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, obviously enough, I'm going to recommend Donald S. Whitney's book <laughs> called Spiritual <laughs> Disciplines for the Christian Life. Um, just because I think that it is such a it is a great book um it's 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 something that i taught a class on at church uh, within the last year and obviously i thought it was a great idea whenever it was recommended that we kind of follow along that his outline a little bit while doing podcasts i think it's a great book for everybody and these two chapters listening to our podcasts are great but getting through his two chapters on uh, bible intake is going to be even better and J.I. Packer says in the introduction that everybody he thinks everybody should read the book at least three times. <laughs> um, so, you know, if it makes you feel any better, you can consider these two podcasts as one of those times and just read it two more <laughs> times. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and recommend that book. 
to is add that, to that plug is that, is that fair <laughs> no, that's <laughs> perfectly fair um to add to that plug that he also uh wrote a study guide to it so if you're out there in your pastoral church or teach classes and you've read through the book or if you read through it after hearing this episode I would encourage you to check out that study guide and it may be something that you can walk your congregation through or your small group through. Uh, or you could be like Chris and just read through the book and develop your own. All right, Jamie, what you got for us? All right, well, mine's kind of along the same lines, but maybe not the not exactly as far as what we've been uh, talking about today. I actually want to plug uh, Alpha and Omega Ministries, which will kind of help you in defending God's Word, defending the faith of Christianity and the um, probably the most well-known aspect of Alpha and Omega is the dividing line featuring the real James White. <laughs> right. Dr. James White. He's, Dr. he's wonderful. James White. Yep. So uh, if you would like to check that out, that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's one of my um, weekly listens. So that's a wonderful podcast and ministry to uh, add to your daily repertoire. Well, I guess if I, continue to go through school and get my doctorate <laughs> i'm gonna have to refer to myself as dr james d white um, <laughs> not james r white yeah it's too close in letters still but anyway uh I, ha- I do have one more plug um to give and it's a book um my wife is actually uh starting a seminary she's going to do her counseling through new orleans this semester and she's taking hermeneutics and we were looking at the book she had to have and Luckily, I've already taken that class, so I had the book she needed, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of a, a book by Gordon D. Fee and Douglas Stewart mm-hmm. called "How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth," and it's um, it's just a it's a fantastic little book of really just how to read God's Word and the different aspects of it. And there's another book; it's called "Grasping God's Word." Um, it's another hermeneutical book of how to apply God's Word to your life, and I think both of these books would be a good aid in understanding of how to study God's word. So I would recommend those two books along with the study guide. And I want to just kind of echo what Chris has said is check out the spiritual disciplines disciplines by Donald Whitney. I I think we're going to do somewhat justice in talking through these subjects, but uh, I don't think we'll do anywhere near as good as a job as he does. Um, That book is still being taught in schools still be in reference and the book is older than i am now i'm not as old as chris is but the book is older than i am so i would just encourage you to check out the book um and we actually i haven't talked to the people on the the co-host here but we actually may do a giveaway for that book um and we'll actually we will we're going to do a giveaway for that book um if you would like to win a copy of that book then what we need you to do is like and share this facebook post and whenever you do it, uh, tag the, the Facebook uh, group, the Everyday Ministry Facebook group on the post itself so we know who shares the post. And that way we can uh, put you in to win this book and we'll, we'll offer this book to you because I, I feel that good about it. Such a great book. So hey, so, uh, so can a no, co-host win it? No, a co-host <laughs> cannot win it. No. Uh, I can give you my Apple. I, oh, wait, you have an Android. Never mind. Okay. All right, so... To win that book, you have to share the Facebook post, but you have to make sure your post is public because if it's not, we don't know who shared it. So share the Facebook post, make sure it's public, 
And if you need to tag us in it, do whatever you need to do. But we want to make sure if you don't have this book, you enter a chance to win. Um, and before we get off here, guys, anything you want to add? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to add real quick, recommend a couple of study Bibles, because I think that that's very beneficial for people. Two of my favorite are the ESV study Bible, which is uh, produced by Crossway, and also the Reformation study Bible, which is produced by Ligonier. Um, those are both fantastic. Um, and the Reformation study Bible comes in multiple versions, translations. Uh, so that might be something a little bit more, you know, likely depending on if you use a different version or not. But And there's plenty of other good ones out there as well. But uh, get a good study Bible. I agree. Check out many of them. There's so many out there. Um, I couldn't agree more with that. And if if you want to take it a step farther and maybe get a different kind of whole Bible commentary or commentary series and you don't know where to begin, reach out to us. We can help you and give you some advice on, on that as well. Matthew Henry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I can get behind that. Uh, all of mine are on Logos, so I have to see which mm. ones I own. But guys, I've enjoyed this uh, recording, and I've I'm gonna I'm just really looking forward to this series that we're doing, and uh, I hope the listeners enjoy. It. Don't forget the challenge: find a time each day to read God's Word, find a reading plan to follow, and join in with so many other brothers and sisters in Christ and being in God's word daily. I think that's the most important thing we can do in our Christian life. And um, there's so many studies pointing out how only like 15 or 20% of Bible-believing, Bible-confessing Christians read the Bible daily. So I just want to encourage you to do that challenge. And next time we record, we'll, we'll admit our failures, or we will encourage you by what we've taken from doing that each and every day of our own lives. So this has been the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in.
Need a 